Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and it's 2022, guys. It is the new year. Obviously, this is the first episode of the new year, which, as is tradition, is the new releases episode where I talk about books that are going to be coming out in the first half of the year. I think my cutoff point for this one is July. So we can't wait to get into that. I'm always really excited to do this episode. I do love the New Year's feelings and like getting caught up in plans and of course like all the things I'm going to do differently this year. You know, it's another year of me convincing myself that I can be a bullet journal person. Um, Several years of failed bullet journals should have taught me that I am not. I am firmly a Google Calendar person. Um, So I think this is the one year I'm actually not going to attempt a bullet journal because I cannot keep up with it. And when I don't see it, I forget that it exists, which just is not part of the whole bullet journal thing. But anyway, another thing we are doing again this year is the Books in the Freezer reading challenge. You can find it on social media using hashtag BITF challenge 2022. The prompts are up on Goodreads. And if you use Storygraph, you can find it under reading challenges where you can kind of check off when you read stuff throughout the year. So that's really cool. And a lot of people have joined it and have already added stuff. So if you're looking for recommendations for the prompts, both of those are great places to go. I'll try to add them in the show notes. So I'll go through the prompts just real quick. Uh, I did less prompts this year. So it should be honestly even more attainable. So a 2022 horror novel, some spooky nonfiction, hybrid horror novel, which this is the one I had the most questions on, essentially just like a mix of horror and another genre. So like crime horror, thriller horror, sci-fi horror, you get the idea. Um, Again, a horror book in translation, a horror graphic novel, novella. Um, I'm doing under 200 pages as the standard for that. A YA horror novel, a book with a one-word title, a book with a yellow or green cover, um, an LGBTQ plus horror novel, a book with a Black protagonist, and lastly, a horror book with a non-human monster. Um, So like I said, you can find all that on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Goodreads and Storygraph uh, to get recommendations. And if you go on Instagram, I have a template on my highlights. So you should be able to find everything you need for that there. So anyway, hope you join us for that this year. But for real though, there are a ton of books I want to get to um, and this episode always tends to run a little long so I think we're just gonna jump right into it with January releases. So kicking off January is short story collection Mestiza Blood by V Castro coming out January 18th. From the lauded author of The Queen of Cicadas comes a short story collection of nightmares, dreams, desire, and visions focused on the Chicana experience. V. Castro weaves urban legend, folklore, life experience, and heartache in this personal journey beginning in South Texas. A street fight in a neighborhood that may not have been a fight after all. A vengeful chola at the beginning of the apocalypse. Mind swapping in the not-so-far future. Satan, who falls and finds herself in a brothel in Amsterdam. The keys to Miklan given to a woman after she dies during a pandemic. The collection finishes with two longer tales. The final porn star is a twist on the final girl trope and slasher with a creature from Mexican folklore, and Truck Stop is an erotic horror romance with two hearts, a video store, and a truck stop. So as I mentioned earlier, that'll be coming out January 18th, and that is the short story collection Mestiza Blood by V. Castro. And on the 22nd, we have Such a Pretty Smile by Christy Demeester. There's something out there that's killing. Known only as the Kerr, he leaves no traces, save for the torn bodies of girls on the verge of becoming women. Ones who are known as troublemakers, those who refuse to conform, to know their place. Girls who don't know when to shut up. 2019, 13-year-old Lila Sawyer has secrets she can't share with anyone. Not the school psychologist she's seeing. Not her father, who has a new wife and a new baby. And not her mother, 
the infamous Caroline Sawyer, a unique artist whose eerie sculptures made from bent twigs and crimped leaves have made her a local celebrity. But soon, Lila feels haunted from within, terrorized by a delicious evil that shows her how to find her voice until she's punished for using it. 2004. Caroline Sawyer hears dogs everywhere. Snarling, barking, teeth snapping that no one else seems to notice. At first, she blames the phantom sounds on her insomnia and her acute stress in caring for her ailing father. But then the delusions begin to take shape, both in her waking hours and in the violent, visceral sculptures she creates while in a trance-like state. Her fiancé is convinced she needs help. Her new psychiatrist waves her problem away with pills. But Caroline's past is a dark cellar filled with repressed memories and a lurking horror that the men around her can't understand. As past demons become a present threat, both Caroline and Lila must chase the source of this unrelenting, oppressive power to its malignant core. Brilliantly paced, unsettling to the bone, and unapologetically fierce, such a pretty smile is a powerful allegory for what it can mean to be a woman, and an untamed rallying cry for anyone ever told to sit down, shut up, and smile pretty. So Such a Pretty Smile was one of the arcs that I was lucky enough to receive um, coming out in early 2022. And when I tell you, I flew through this one, like could not put it down. If you've been following the podcast from the beginning or, you know, have gone back and listened to the early episodes, you'll know that Rachel, my old co-host and I, like loved Christy Demeester. Um, and she was actually our very first author guest on the show so very exciting we were very excited uh, to see that she had a new novel coming out this year and that was such a pretty smile also coming out on january 22nd is anatomy a love story by dana schwartz edinburgh 1817 hazel Sinnet is a lady who wants to be a surgeon more than she wants to marry Jack Kerr is a resurrection man who's just trying to survive in a city where it's too easy to die. When the two of them have a chance encounter outside the Edinburgh Anatomist Society, Hazel thinks nothing of it at first. But after she gets kicked out of renowned surgeon Dr. Beecham's lectures for being the wrong gender, she realizes that her new acquaintance might be more helpful than she first thought, because Hazel has made a deal with Dr. Beecham. If she can pass the medical examination on her own, the university will allow her to enroll. Without official lessons, though, Hazel will need more than just her books. She'll need bodies to study, corpses to dissect. Lucky that she's made the acquaintance of someone who digs them up for a living, then. But Jack has his own problems. Strange men have been seen skulking around the cemeteries. His friends are disappearing off the streets. Hazel and Jack work together to uncover the secrets buried not just in unmarked graves, but in the very heart of Edinburgh society. Okay, so there was a few reasons I was excited for this one. One was the cover art, which is like a woman in like a very big ball gown, but like the shape of it is the shape of an anatomical heart, which, you know, anatomy, a love story. Also, I really like Dana Schwartz. Uh, she hosts the Noble Blood podcasts, uh, which are about different historical like royal figures. And the episodes are just absolutely fascinating. So yeah, when I heard that she was writing like a historical gothic kind of horror love story, I needed to know more. So that is Anatomy, a Love Story by Dana Schwartz coming out January 22nd. And the 22nd is a big release day because we also have Dead Silence by S.A. Barnes coming out from Tor Nightfire. It's billed as Titanic meets The Shining in S.A. Barnes' Dead Silence, a science fiction horror novel. Mm, sounds like that fits in a certain category for a certain challenge. <clears throat> in which a woman and her crew board a decades-lost luxury cruiser and find the wreckage of a nightmare that hasn't yet ended. Synopsis reads, A ghost ship, 
a salvage crew. Unspeakable horrors. Claire Kovalik is days away from being unemployed, made obsolete, when her beacon repair crew picks up a strange distress signal. With nothing to lose and no desire to return to Earth, Claire and her team decide to investigate. What they find at the other end of the signal is a shock. The Aurora, a famous luxury space liner that vanished on its maiden tour of the solar system more than 20 years ago. A salvage claim like this could set Claire and her crew up for life. But a quick trip through the Aurora reveals something isn't right. Whispers in the dark, flickers of movement, words scrawled in blood. Claire must fight to hold on to her sanity and find out what really happened on the Aurora before she and her crew meet the same ghastly fate. So this is one of my most anticipated releases, like from the moment that uh, Tor Night Fire teased this a few months ago, I was on board, lol. You know, because I have been saying that I need more space horror, and I'm glad that there's a few things delivering on that. So yes, always here for space horror, like ghost ship space horror. Absolutely. I don't think you understand cannot wait for this that is dead silence by sa barnes coming out on january 22nd from tour nightfire and on january 25th we have devil house by john darnell gage chandler is descended from kings that's what his mother always told him now he's a true crime writer with one grisly success and movie adaptation to his name along with a series of subsequent lesser efforts that have paid the bills, but not much more. But now, he's being offered the chance for the big break. To move into the house, what the locals call the Devil House, in which a briefly notorious pair of murders occurred, apparently the work of disaffected 80s teens. He begins his research with diligence and enthusiasm, but soon the story leads him into a puzzle he never expected. Back into his own work, and what it means back to the very core of what he does and who he is. Few things. Uh, first of all, very cool to have another John Darnielle book coming out. Yes, that is John Darnielle from the band The Mountain Goats. And I do really like the a true crime writer moves into murder house or like true crime writer becomes too involved Uh in murder that they're looking into trope. So I'm excited for this. Also interested to see like what the turn is that it takes. It could be surreal in some way. I'm not sure. Like I'm not sure what to expect. And I like that. So that is Devil House by John Darnielle coming out January 25th. Also really like the cover for this. This is coming out from FSG Books. It's got this very like, I don't know if vintagey is the right word, but it does, it feels that way, like a vintagey book. And moving into February releases with The Violence by Delilah S. Dawson. When Chelsea Martin kisses her husband hello at the door of their perfect home, a chilled bottle of beer in hand and dinner on the table, she may look like the ideal wife, mother, and homemaker, but in fact, she's following an unwritten rulebook carefully navigating David's stormy moods in a desperate nightly bid to avoid catastrophe. If family time doesn't go exactly the way David wants, bad things happen to Chelsea and to the couple's 17-year-old daughter, Ella. Cut off from all support, controlled and manipulated for years, Chelsea has no resources and no one to turn to. Her wealthy, narcissistic mother, Patricia, would rather focus on the dust on her chandelier than acknowledge Chelsea's bruises. After all, Patricia's life looks perfect on the surface, too. But the facade crumbles when a mysterious condition overtakes the nation, known as the violence. It causes the infected to experience sudden, explosive bursts of animalistic rage and attack anyone in their path. The ensuing chaos brings opportunity for Chelsea and inspires a plan to liberate herself and her family once and for all. I am really interested in this one. I think because reading the synopsis was very different to what I see this pushed as, which is like 
I mean, it is about like a rage virus pandemic, but I think what I had in mind seems to be very different than what the story is about, which seems to be uh, about these three generations of women and about domestic violence. And I kind of like it in that smaller scale. And I'm interested to see uh, where it goes and how it handles things. So yeah, that is The Violence by Delilah S. Dawson coming out February 1st. And on February 8th, we have a book by Sarah Gran, The Book of the Most Precious Substance. A mysterious book that promises unlimited power and unrivaled sexual pleasure. A down-on-her-luck book dealer hoping for the sale of a lifetime. And a twist so shocking that no one will come out unscathed. After a tragedy too painful to bear, former novelist Lily Albrecht has resigned herself to a dull, sexless life as a rare book dealer. Until she gets a lead on a book that just might turn everything around. The book of the most precious substance is a 17th century manual on sex magic. Rumored to be the most powerful occult book ever written, if it really exists at all. And some of the wealthiest people in the world are willing to pay Lily a fortune to find it, if she can. Her search for the book takes her from New York to New Orleans to Munich to Paris, searching the dark corners of power, where the world's wealthiest people use black magic to fulfill their desires. Will Lily fulfill her own desires and join them? Or will she lose it all searching for a ghost? The Book of the Most Precious Substance is an addictive, erotic thriller about the lengths we'll go to get what we need and what we want. So this is very exciting. Um, well, first of all, it's by Sarah Gran, who of course is the author of Come Closer, which is a not just podcast favorite, I would say like a horror book internet favorite, a horror reader favorite novella um if you haven't read it i feel like definitely do so um and it just sounds very very fun i mean it's a book about sex magic i mean am i right but no like a fun like adventure type story i still haven't read her claire dewitt books which i feel like i want to do after reading this i'm just gonna get fully caught up uh on the sarah gran bibliography and another one from Tor Night Fire is Manhunt by Gretchen Felker Martin. This will be coming out February 22nd. Billed as Why the Last Man Meets the Girl with All the Gifts in Gretchen Felker Martin's Manhunt, an explosive post-apocalyptic novel that follows trans women and men on a grotesque journey of survival. Beth and Fran spend their days traveling the ravaged New England coast hunting feral men and harvesting their organs in a gruesome effort to ensure they'll never face the same fate. Robbie lives by his gun, and one hard-learned motto, other people aren't safe. After a brutal accident entwines the three of them, this found family of survivors must navigate murderous turfs, a sociopathic billionaire bunker brat, and awkward relationship dynamics, all while outrunning packs of feral men and their own demons. Manhunt is a timely, powerful response to every gender-based apocalypse story that failed to consider the existence of transgender and non-binary people from a powerful new voice in horror. So I am so excited for this one. This is one that really caught my eye the minute that Tor Nightfire announced it. One, because of the cover design. Like, go check it out. Like I say, A plus for eye-catching cover design like I'm telling you when I saw this book I immediately had to know more about it which I think is what cover design should do so definitely that and then you know when I looked at what it was about now I, I want to read this book so it is high on my to read list this year for sure that is Manhunt by Gretchen Felker Martin and coming out February 8th is Cherish Farah by Bethany C. Morrow 17-year-old Farrah Turner is one of two black girls in her country club community, and the only one with black parents. Her best friend, Cherish Whitman, adopted by a wealthy white family, is something Farrah likes to call WGS, white girl spoiled. 
With Brianne and Jerry Whitman as parents, Cherish is given the kind of adoration and coddling that even upper-class black parents can't seem to afford. And it creates a dissonance in her best friend that Farah can exploit. When her own family is unexpectedly confronted with foreclosure, the calculating Farah is determined to reassert the control she's convinced she's always had over her life by staying with Cherish. The only person she loves, even when she hates her. A troubled Farah manipulates her way further into the Whitman family. But the longer she stays, the more her own parents suggest that something is wrong in the Whitman house. She might trust them, if they didn't think something was wrong with Farah too. As strange things start happening at the Whitman household, debilitating illnesses, upsetting fever dreams, an inexplicable tension with Cherish's hothead boyfriend, and a strange journal that seems to keep track of what is happening to Farah. It's nothing she can't handle. But soon everything begins to unravel when the Whitmans invite Farah closer, and it's anyone's guess who's really in control. Told in Farah's chilling, unforgettable voice and weaving in searing commentary on race and class, this slow burn social horror will keep you on the edge of your seat until the last page. I read this at the end of last year. Um, I got it on Nat Galley. Like, I think this would be a perfect book club book. There's so much to discuss. And also, I really liked the writing. I mentioned it on the like year, the last episode, the year-end episode, because I was reading it at that point when we were recording it. The writing in it has this like kind of hypnotic, like melodic rhythm to it. Like it, it was very poetic. I don't know. I very much enjoyed that. As it says in the synopsis, you're in Farah's point of view, and she is a, like, a fascinating protagonist because she is very like cold and calculating, and you're seeing like how she sees situations, and it is just very interesting. So that is Cherish Farah that will be coming out February 8th. And moving into March releases with another tour Nightfire title. This is Sundial by Catriona Ward coming out March 1st. You can't escape what's in your blood. All Rob wanted was a normal life. She almost got it too. A husband, two kids, a nice house in the suburbs, far from her childhood home, Sundial, hidden deep in the wild Mojave Desert. But beneath the veneer, Rob is terrified for her oldest daughter, Callie, who collects tiny bones and whispers to imaginary friends. Rob sees a darkness in Callie, one that reminds her too much of the family she left behind. Running from her past has led her directly back to it. What's buried at Sundial could never stay a secret forever, and Rob must risk one last trip out there to protect her family and her future. So I do have a copy of this book that Tor Nightfire sent me. I've been waiting until it's a little closer to the release date to read it just because I have other books that are, you know, have earlier release dates. But I am so excited to get to this one because I love family secrets and this sounds like possibly family curses. Also, I do love the the Southwest desert aesthetic. Again, cover art, A+, have to read it, like psychological horror about like possibly generational trauma and family secrets i am there another march release is the book of cold cases by simone saint james a true crime blogger gets more than she bargained for while interviewing the woman acquitted of two cold case slayings in this chilling new novel from new york times best-selling author of the sundown motel in 1977, Claire Lake, Oregon was shaken by the Lady Killer murders. Two men, seemingly random, were murdered with the same gun, with strange notes left behind. Beth Greer was the perfect suspect, a rich, eccentric 23-year-old woman seen fleeing one of the crimes, but she was acquitted and she retreated to the isolation of her mansion. Oregon, 2017. Shay Collins is a receptionist, but by night, she runs a true crime website, The Book of Cold Cases, a passion fueled by the attempted abduction she escaped as a child. When she meets Beth by chance, Shay asks her for an interview. To Shay's surprise, Beth says yes. 
They meet regularly at Beth's mansion, though Shay is never comfortable there. Items move when she's not looking, and she could swear she's seen a small girl outside the window. The allure of learning the truth about the case from the smart, charming Beth is too much to resist. But even as they grow closer, Shay senses something isn't right. Is she making friends with a manipulative murderer? Or are there other dangers lurking in the darkness of the Greer house? Ooh, this sounds very interesting. I do have a bit of a confession to make that I have not read any Simone St. James, even though all of her books sound like they would be up my alley and people whose opinions I trust really enjoy her books and rate them highly. I plan on reading this one. This will be the year that I read Simone St. James and possibly some backlist titles. Who knows? Let's go crazy. Um, but this sounds very interesting. Listen, am I a sucker for like the blogger podcaster angle? Yes. But I also love this like thriller. Is there possibly a supernatural angle to it type of deal? Like that's the kind of thriller I like. So excited for this. And you know what? Let's talk about more thrillers with This Might Hurt by Stephanie Robel. Welcome to Wisewood, where we keep your secrets if you keep ours. Natalie Collins hasn't heard from her sister in more than half a year. The last time they spoke, Kit was slogging from mundane work days to obligatory happy hours to crying in the shower about their dead mother. She told Natalie she was sure there was something more out there. Then she found Wisewood. On a private island off the coast of Maine, Wisewood's guests commit to six-month stays. During this time, they're prohibited from contact with the rest of the world. No internet, no phones, no exceptions. But the rules are for a good reason, to keep guests focused on achieving true fearlessness so they can become their maximized selves. Natalie thinks it's a bad idea, but Kit has had enough of her sister's cynicism and voluntarily disappears off the grid. Six months later, Natalie receives a menacing email from a Wisewood account threatening to reveal the secret she's been keeping from Kit. Panicked, Natalie hurries north to come clean to her sister and bring her home. But she's about to learn that Wisewood won't let either of them go without a fight. So last year, I read Stephanie Robel's debut novel, Darling Rose Gold, and it like pulled me out of a slump. So when I saw she had a new book coming out, I was definitely interested. And then when I learned that it was about family secrets and possibly a sinister wellness retreat, uh, I was very interested. So that is This Might Hurt by Stephanie Robel. And let's get back to horror with A Black and Endless Sky by Matthew Lyons. This will be coming out March 15th. From the author of The Night Will Find Us comes a white-knuckled horror thriller set across the American Southwest. Road trips can be hell. Siblings Jonah and Nell Talbot used to be inseparable. But ever since Jonah suddenly blew town 12 years ago, they couldn't be more distant. Now, in the wake of Jonah's divorce, they embark on a cross-country road trip back to their hometown of Albuquerque, hoping to mend their broken relationship along the way. But when a strange accident befalls Nell at an abandoned industrial site somewhere in the Nevada desert, she begins experiencing ghastly visions and exhibiting terrifying otherworldly symptoms. As their journey through the desolate American Southwest reveals the grotesque change happening within his sister, one thing becomes clear to Jonah. It's not only Nell in there anymore. Pursued by a mysterious stranger who knows far more about Nell's worsening condition than they let on, the siblings race to find a way to keep Nell and escape the desert before they're met with a violent, bloody end. But there are far worse things lurking in the desert ahead, some of them just beneath the skin. Okay, this has a lot of things going for it that I am very excited about. One, it does have a very intriguing cover, which, you know, is always a big plus. Uh, again, another another American Southwest story. So interested in that. But also possibly possession. We've got siblings with tension and we have a road trip. And I feel like we could always use a little bit more road trip horror. 
So this sounds very good. Very excited for this one. That is A Black and Endless Sky by Matthew Lyons. And moving on to The Resting Place by Camilla Sten. And this is going to be translated by Alexandra Fleming. Uh, if only there was some type of reading challenge out there that asked for a book in translation, this would be, I don't know, a really good pick for it. Also, oh, released in 2022 and a book in translation. Interesting. Anyway, this will be coming out March 29th. And here is the synopsis. The medical term is prosopagnosia. The average person calls it face blindness, the inability to recognize a familiar person's face, even the faces of those closest to you. When Eleanor walked in on the scene of her capriciously cruel grandmother Vivian's murder, she came face to face with the killer, a maddening expression that means nothing to someone like her. With each passing day, her anxiety mounts, the dark feelings of having brushed by a killer yet not know who could do this, or if they'd be back, overtakes both her dreams and her waking moments, thwarting her perception of reality. Then, a lawyer calls. Vivian has left her a house, a looming estate tucked away in the Swedish woods, the place her grandfather died, suddenly. A place that has housed a dark past for over 50 years. Eleanor, her steadfast boyfriend Sebastian, her reckless Aunt Veronica, all will go to this house of secrets looking for answers, but as they get closer to bringing the truth to light, they'll wish they had never come to disturb what rests there. A heart-thumping, relentless thriller that will shake you to your core, The Resting Place is an unforgettable novel of horror and suspense. Listen, was I going to make a joke about how I totally sympathize with this protagonist because I can't tell Bryce Dallas Howard and Jessica Chastain apart? I was, but it's not similar to this setup. I would say this setup is a bit different, Uh, but I'm interested in this. It's not a premise we see very often. Um, I never, I really wanted to read The Lost Village that came out last year by Camilla Stead and didn't get around to it, but I know that one had like a found footage type angle going on. So I'm interested to see if this has any interesting setups like narratively in the way that it's told. Um, I mean, the story itself, even if it doesn't, is very interesting. So I will definitely be checking this out. And that is The Resting Place by Camilla Sten. And if you're looking for something snowy and cold, All the White Spaces by Allie Wilkes will be coming out at the end of March. In the wake of the First World War, Jonathan Morgan stows away on an Antarctic expedition, determined to find his rightful place in the world of men. Aboard the expeditionary ship of his hero, the world-famous explorer James Astralis Randall, Jonathan may live as his true self and true gender and have the adventures he has always been denied. But not all is smooth sailing. The war casts its long shadow over them all, and grief, guilt, and mistrust skulk among the explorers. When disaster strikes in Antarctica's frozen Weddell Sea, the men must take to the land and overwinter somewhere, which immediately seems both eerie and wrong, a place not marked on any of their part-drawn maps of the vast white continent. Now completely isolated, Randall's expedition has no ability to contact the outside world and no one is coming to rescue them. In the freezing darkness of the polar night, where the aurora creeps across the sky, something terrible has been waiting to lure them out into its deadly landscape. As the harsh Antarctic winter descends, this supernatural force will prey on their deepest desires and deepest fears to pick them off one by one. It is up to Jonathan to overcome his own ghosts before he and the expedition are utterly destroyed. Okay, first of all, here for like period piece, snowy winter horror. Also with that synopsis, I'm getting very much the terror meets Stephen King's It, which I, I want to know more. I'm very interested. Also, I feel so bad for protagonists that are like, yes, finally, the chance of a lifetime. Look at us. We're Jack Dawson and Fabrizio, and we have just won tickets to the Titanic. Things are really looking like they're in our favor today, you know? So that one again was All the White Spaces by Ali Wilkes. That'll be coming out, I want to say, March 25th. So keep your eye out on that. And pivoting to April releases with My Dearest Darkest by Kayla Cottingham. 
So they're saying Wilder Girls meets the craft in this sapphic horror debut that asks, what price would you be willing to pay to achieve your deepest desires? Okay, okay. Finch Chamberlain is the newest transfer student to the ultra-competitive Ulalume Academy, but she's also not what she seems. Months before school started, Finch and her parents got into an accident that should have left her dead at the bottom of the river, but something monstrous and ancient and terrifying wouldn't let her drown. Finch doesn't know why she woke up after her heart stopped. But since dying, she's felt a constant pull from the school and the surrounding town of Rainwater, like something on the island is calling to her. Selena St. Clair sees right through Finch, and she knows something is seriously wrong with her. But despite Selena's suspicion, she feels drawn to Finch and has a sinking feeling that from now on, the two will be inexplicably linked to one another. One night, Finch, Selena, and her friends accidentally summon a carnivorous creature of immense power in the depths of the school, as one does. It promises to grant every desire the girls have kept locked away in their insecure hearts. Beauty, power, adoration. In exchange for a price, human body parts. But as the cost of their wanting becomes more deadly, Finch and Selena must learn to work together to stop the horror they unleash before it consumes the entire island. Okay, there's a lot going on here, but in the synopsis, I feel like it is just so casually placed in there. Um, the fact that these girls accidentally summon an ancient carnivorous creature and it is just thrown in like nothing in this synopsis. Listen, as someone who has watched a lot of horror movies, does that happen? Sure. You know, in The Mummy, Rachel Weiss reads from the Book of the Dead. You know, in Hellraiser, Christy summons the puzzle box. Like, it happens. People accidentally summon ancient demonic spirits deities etc but it was just so casually thrown in there and really caught me off guard um ooh, but i'm like very interested in this listen i love boarding school stories it's a sapphic story it's a story about these girls like getting like a faustian bargain but having to like feed body parts to this being uh there's a lot a lot of possibility for uh this story to go some crazy places and I am very invested. So that is My Dearest Darkest by Kayla Cunningham. And coming out April 12th is And Then I Woke Up by Malcolm Devlin. In the tradition of Mira Grant and Stephen Graham Jones, Malcolm Devlin's And Then I Woke Up is a creepy, layered literary story about false narratives and their ability to divide us. In a world reeling from an unusual plague, monsters lurk in the streets while terrified survivors arm themselves and roam the countryside in packs. Or perhaps something very different is happening. When a disease affects how reality is perceived, it's hard to be certain of anything. Spence is one of the cured living at the Ironside Rehabilitation Facility. Haunted by guilt, he refuses to face the changed world until a new inmate challenges him to help her find her old crew. But if he can't tell the truth from the lies, how will he know if he has earned the redemption he dreams of? How will he know he hasn't just made things worse? Well, there's a lot of interesting concepts at play here. And this had a lot of blurbs uh, from authors I really like. I am just very curious to see how a truth affecting virus, like what does that look like? How does that play out? So this is one I'm, I'm very interested in. And that is And Then I Woke Up by Malcolm Devlin. That'll be coming out April 12th. Coming out on April 23rd is The Fervor by Alma Katsu. 1944, as World War II rages on, the threat has come to the home front. In a remote corner of Idaho, Maiko Briggs and her daughter Aiko are desperate to return home. Following Mako's husband's enlistment as an Air Force pilot in the Pacific months prior, Mako and Aiko were taken from their home in Seattle and sent to one of the internment camps in the Midwest. It didn't matter that Aiko was American-born, they were Japanese, and therefore considered a threat by the American government. Mother and daughter attempt to hold on to elements of their old life in the camp when a mysterious disease begins to spread among those interned. What starts as a minor cold quickly becomes spontaneous fits of violence and aggression, even death. And when a disconcerting team of doctors arrive, nearly more threatening than the illness itself, 
Mako and her daughter team up with a newspaper reporter and widowed missionary to investigate, and it becomes clear to them that something more sinister is afoot. A demon from the stories of Mako's childhood, hell-bent on infiltrating their already strange world. Inspired by the Japanese yokai and the Jorogumu spider demon, the fervor explores a supernatural threat beyond what anyone saw coming. The danger of demonization, a mysterious contagion, and the search to stop its spread before it's too late. I am very excited that 2022 is gifting us with a new Almakatsu novel. Like she has given us a supernatural twist on the Donner Party, the Titanic, and now Japanese internment camps. Also very excited that these are uh, like supernatural elements and monsters from Japanese folklore. I am very excited uh, for this one. So that is The Fervor by Almakatsu. And moving on to May, which some people might argue is the best month in the year some people i've heard it for sure coming out may 10th is the hacienda by isabel canas this is billed as mexican gothic meets rebecca in this supernatural suspense novel set in the aftermath of the mexican war of independence about a remote house a sinister haunting and a woman pulled into their clutches in the overthrow of the mexican government beatrice's father is executed and her home destroyed when handsome Don Rodolfo Solorzano proposes, Beatrice ignores the rumors surrounding his first wife's sudden demise, choosing instead to seize the security his estate and the countryside provides. She will have her own home again, no matter the cost. But Hacienda San Isidro is not the sanctuary she imagined. When Rodolfo returns to work in the capital, visions and voices invade Beatrice's sleep. The weight of invisible eyes follows her every move. Rodolfo's sister Juana scoffs at Beatrice's fears. But why does she refuse to enter the house at night? Why does the cook burn copal incense at the edge of the kitchen and mark its doorway with strange symbols? What really happened to the first Doña Solorzano? Beatrice only knows two things for certain. Something is wrong with the hacienda, and no one there will help her. Desperate for help, she clings to the young priest, Padre Andres, as an ally. No ordinary priest, Andres will have to rely on his skills as a witch to battle the malevolent presence haunting the hacienda. Far from a refuge, San Isidro may be Beatrice's doom. Okay, I absolutely have to know more. From the moment I read Mexican Gothic meets Rebecca, you know that I was into this, so... Very, very interested to see where this goes. Suffice it to say, uh, need to have. And that is The Hacienda by Isabel Canas. That'll be coming out May 10th. On May 24th, we have Primal Animals by Julia Lynn Rubin. Protect the girls. Arlie Gold is anxious about spending the summer at college prep Camp Rockaway, the same camp her mother attended years ago, which her mother insists will help give Arlie a fresh start and will change her life. Little does Arlie know that once she steps foot on the manicured grounds, this will prove to be true in horrifying ways. Even though the girls in her cabin are awesome, and she's developing a major crush on the girl who sleeps in the bunk above her, the other campers seem to be wary of Arlie, unwilling to talk to her or be near her, which only ramps up her paranoia. When she's tapped to join a strange secret society, Arlie thinks this will be her new shot at fitting in. Until her new sisters ask her to do the unthinkable, putting her life and the life of her new crush in perilous danger. This is delivering on the three S's of like sapphic, summer camp, and secret societies. And honestly, I don't need to know more. I, you don't need to sell me anymore on this book. I'm gonna read it. For sure. That is Primal Animals by Julia Lynn Rubin. Another May 24th release is Hide by Kirsten White. This is her adult debut, which is very exciting. She, of course, is the author of The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein, which has been a favorite of both Rachel and me. And I. Whatever. The challenge. Spend a week hiding in an abandoned amusement park and don't get caught. The prize? Enough money to change everything. 
even though everyone is desperate to win, to seize a dream future or escape a haunting past, Mac is sure she can beat her competitors. All she has to do is hide, and she's an expert at that. It's the reason she's alive and her family isn't. But as people around her begin disappearing one by one, Mac realizes that this competition is even more sinister than she imagined, and that together might be the only way to survive. 14 competitors, seven days, everywhere to hide, but nowhere to run. Um, I'm actually gonna need this, like, this minute. Everything about this story is like, take my money. I, for one, think we need more horror about games. I do. I think that's something we need more of. Um, get, like, hiding in an, I just, everything about this, I need it. I need it. I don't even know if I can say anything else. Um, it's just, yes, now. Anyway, that is Hide by Kirsten White. That'll be coming out May 24th. Coming out May 31st is Summer's Edge. Summer's Edge. Coming out May 31st is Summer's Edge by Dana Millay. I know what you did last summer meets The Haunting of Hill House in this atmospheric, eerie teen thriller following an estranged group of friends being haunted by their friend who died last summer. Emily Joyner was once part of an inseparable group. She was a sister, a best friend, a lover, and a rival. Summers without Emily were unthinkable, until the fire burned the lake house to ashes with her inside. A year later, it's in Emily's honor that Chelsea and her four friends decide to return. The house awaits them, meticulously rebuilt. Only Chelsea is haunted by ghostly visions. Loner Ryan stirs up old hurts and forces Golden Boy Chase to play Peacemaker, which has perfect hostess Kennedy on edge as eerie events culminate in a stunning accusation. Emily's death wasn't an accident, and all the clues needed to find the person responsible are right here. As old betrayals rise to the surface, Chelsea and her friends have one night to unravel a mystery spanning three summers before a killer among them exacts their revenge. I am a sucker for teen thriller mystery horror stories, um, so I will be checking this out for sure. Also, I really like the cover of it. It's just a very interesting design, very eye-catching. So that is Summer's Edge by Dana Malay. And this June, we have a new Riley Sager novel that is The House Across the Lake that'll be coming out June 21st. Casey Fletcher, a recently widowed actress trying to escape a streak of bad press, has retreated to the peace and quiet of her family's lake house in Vermont. Armed with a pair of binoculars and several bottles of bourbon, she passes the time watching Tom and Catherine Royce, the glamorous couple living in the house across the lake. They make for good viewing. A tech innovator, Tom, is rich, and former model Catherine is gorgeous. One day on the lake, Casey saves Catherine from drowning, and the two strike up a budding friendship. But the more they get to know each other, and the longer Casey watches, it becomes clear that Catherine and Tom's marriage isn't as perfect and placid as it appears. When Catherine suddenly vanishes, Casey becomes consumed with finding out what happened to her. In the process, she uncovers eerie, darker truths that turn a tale of voyeurism and suspicion into a story of guilt, obsession, and how looks can be very deceiving. Ooh, I do enjoy Riley Sager as an author, so looking forward to this, giving me some rear window vibes, or depending on what your cultural references are, um, you know, Shia LaBeouf masterpiece, Disturbia, I think would also apply. Yeah, nosy neighbors for the win. This is Riley Sager's The House Across the Lake. And wanted to mention that Haley Piper has a few things coming out this year, notably a spring release of Your Mind is a Terrible Thing, which, as I mentioned, space horror. Love, 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 love space horror. Synopsis is Communications specialist Alto's shift aboard starship MG Yellowjacket turns hellish after waking from a trissel to learn every crewmate has vanished. Worse, a sinister presence has crawled aboard the ship. It's violent, destructive, and it can reach into your thoughts and make you see and feel what it wants. 
anxiety-ridden alto might be the least qualified person to face a creature that can hack minds like computers. Only a perilous journey to the ship's bridge can reunite comm specialist with crew and give them a chance to call for help. But the intruder only scratches the surface of the crisis, and discovering the truth will bring Alto face-to-face against a nightmare beyond flesh and thought. Again, we just always need more space horror, and I think we always need more Haley Piper works in the world. So I know she has a few more things coming out that haven't been like officially announced with release date or with official synopses, so definitely keep your eye out on like whatever she is putting out into the world for sure and moving on to july which is the last month i'll be covering in this you know first half of the year new releases episode is it more than half the year yes but like when i tell you the books that are coming out in july you will understand why i included them in this episode there's too many uh, exciting authors with really exciting books so you'll see Starting things off with The Paul Bearers Club by Paul Tremblay, a cleverly voiced psychological thriller about an unforgettable and unsettling friendship with blood-chilling twists, crackling wit, and a thrumming pulse in its veins from the nationally best-selling author of The Cabin at the End of the World and Survivor Song. What if the coolest girl you ever met decided to be your friend? Art Barbara was so not cool. He was a 17-year-old high school loner in the late 1980s who listened to hair metal, had to wear a monstrous back brace at night for his scoliosis, and started an extracurricular club for volunteer pallbearers at poorly attended funerals. But his new friend thought the pallbearers club was cool, and she brought along her Polaroid camera to take pictures of the corpses. Okay, that part was a little weird. But so was her obsessive knowledge of a notorious bit of New England folklore that involved digging up the dead. And there were other strange things, terrifying things, that happened when she was around, usually at night. But she was his friend, so it was okay, right? Decades later, Art tries to make sense of it all by writing The Pallbearers Club, a memoir. But somehow this friend got her hands on the manuscript and, well, she has some issues with it. And now she's making cuts. Seamlessly blurring the lines between fiction and memory, the supernatural and the mundane, The Pallbearers Club is an immersive, suspenseful portrait of an unforgettable and unsettling friendship. I will spare you the excited noises uh, that come with me learning that this is the year we get a new Paul Tremblay novel, but you can just imagine that this is where they go. So yeah, I get a lot of like author newsletter emails and... Paul Tremblay has been writing about teasing the Paul Bears Club for a long time. So I think it is an understatement to say that I have been very excited about this. The premise sounds really fascinating. I hope we get like a book within a book with excerpts from the memoir. Um, Also kind of blurring the lines between fiction and memory was a big thing, a big theme that I enjoyed in A Head Full of Ghosts. Um, I'm interested in exploring this friendship. Uh, This girl seems really cool and I want to know what her deal is. So yeah, cannot wait. That is The Pallbearers Club by Paul Tremblay. But that's not all. No, no, that is not all because July 12th, we are also getting Grady Hendrix's How to Sell a Haunted House. So I don't think a full synopsis has been released anywhere. So I'll just leave you with New York Times bestselling author Grady Hendrix takes on the haunted house in a hilarious and terrifying new novel that explores the way your past and your family can haunt you like nothing else. Listen, Grady Hendrix writing a novel, taking on one of my favorite horror tropes, I'm gonna read this. We all know this. Like, this sounds up my alley. And there's not even a synopsis. I don't even know what this book is about. And you know what? That's fine. July 12th, we have What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. From the award-winning author of The Twisted Ones comes a gripping and atmospheric retelling of Edgar Allan Poe's classic, The Fall of the House of Usher. When Alex Easton, a retired soldier, receives word that their childhood friend, Madeline Usher, is dying, they race to the ancestral home of the Ushers in the remote countryside of Euritania. 
What they find there is a nightmare of fungal growths and possessed wildlife surrounding a dark, pulsing lake. Madeline sleepwalks and speaks in strange voices at night, and her brother Roderick is consumed with a mysterious malady of the nerves. Aided by a redoubtable British mycologist and a baffled American doctor, Alex must unravel the secret of the House of Usher before it consumes them all. Um, okay. Loving this. So not only is this like a retelling of the House of Usher, which is going to be Mike Flanagan's next project. So we can all kind of get brushed up on our Edgar Allan Poe, you know, before this comes out. But also we're adding like mushrooms and fungus into the mix. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Just, yeah, I'm here. Also, great cover. So good. So that is What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. On the 19th, we have Black Mouth by Ronald Malfi. Perfect for fans of Stephen King's It, a group of friends return to their hometown to confront a nightmare they first stumbled on as teenagers in this mesmerizing odyssey of terror. For nearly two decades, Jamie Warren has been running from darkness. He's haunted by a traumatic childhood and the guilt at having disappeared from his disabled brother's life. But then, a series of unusual events reunites him with his estranged brother and their childhood friends. And none of them can deny the sense of fate that has seemingly drawn them back together. Nor can they deny the memories of that summer, so long ago, the strange magic taught to them by an even stranger man, and the terrible act that has followed them all into adulthood. In the light of new danger, they must confront their past by facing their futures and hunting down a man who may very well be a monster. Ooh, okay. Well, coming of age story is usually always a hit. I love Ronald Malfi's writing. Come With Me was one of my favorites last year. So very interested to see where this goes. So that is Black Mouth by Ronald Malfi. And ending with... Don't Fear the Reaper by Stephen Graham Jones, which will be the sequel to My Heart is a Chainsaw. And hold on, book two of the Lake Witch Trilogy. Okay, a lot of important things. December 12th, 2019, Jade returns to the rural lake town of Proofrock the same day as convicted indigenous serial killer Dark Mill South. Four years after her tumultuous senior year, Jay Daniels is released from prison right before Christmas when her conviction is overturned. But life beyond bars takes a dangerous turn as soon as she returns to Proofrock. Convicted serial killer Dark Mill South, seeking revenge for 38 Dakota men hanged in 1862, escapes from his prison transfer due to a blizzard just outside of Proofrock, Ohio. Dark Mill South's reunion tour began on December 12th, 2019, a Thursday. 36 hours and 20 bodies later, on Friday the 13th, it would be over. Don't Fear the Reaper is the page-turning sequel of My Heart is a Chainsaw from New York Times bestselling author Stephen Graham Jones. Very, very, very much excited for this. Love Jade as a protagonist. Um, I hope we get more into, I don't know if we're going to still be on a slasher thing or if we're going somewhere else. I do see some slasher nods. Friday the 13th, um, big serial killer somehow becoming loose during a bungled prison transfer. A lot of things going on here and I am into it. So that is Don't Fear the Reaper by Stephen Graham Jones. So that is it for 2022 new releases. Um, and if you would oblige me for a minute, my son Henry really wanted to come on the podcast and talk about a book. So, so here he is. So Henry, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. So you wanted to come on and you wanted to tell the listeners who are horror readers about a book you think they might like. Yeah. What book is that? Dog Man. Dog Man. Why do you think they would like it? Because actually this one has got lots of scary stuff. Scary stuff? Like what? Like, Petey? Actually, I think the clone of Petey dies in it because I think he might get snapped by scissors. Oh, man. That is pretty dark. And actually there's a skeleton T-Rex in this what actually eats, what does try to kill Petey. 
That sounds very intense. I mean, the premise of Dog Man is essentially body horror, right? Because it's a dog and a man and the dog head gets sewn onto the man's body and he becomes Dog Man. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty scary. There's also a ghost who kidnaps people in it. Oh, that does sound pretty spooky. And you think people that like horror would like these books? Yeah. Okay, what were those books called again? Dogman? Do you know who wrote them? I don't know. Oh, Dave Pilkey. So the same guy that wrote the Captain Underpants book. So thank you, Henry, for coming on and recommending a book to our listeners. Thank you. So thank you for letting Henry share that with you. He was very excited to come on here and talk to you. Since it's just me, I'll do a quick chilling obsession. Something that I've been enjoying lately is the sci-fi Chucky series. I've been watching it on Peacock and just been pleasantly surprised at how good it is. You know, it's funny. It's a bit more of a teen show, which I enjoy. And I've just had a good time with it. Also, I do love to shout out whenever people from my, like, Ots teen dramas show up in things. So we have Barbara Allen Woods, uh, who was Nate Scott's mom in One Tree Hill as the mayor in the show. And then her real life daughter is her daughter, which I think is fun casting. So yeah, I've been really enjoying that. It's like funny and gory and, and yeah, I've just been having a really good time with it. So that is the Chucky series. I think it's a sci-fi series, but I've been watching it on Peacock. And for Final Girl Song. So on TikTok, people are talking about there being a mini Twee revival. And if you don't know, Twee is a lot of things. I To me, it's like that very Zoe Deschanel, like girl with ukulele, like Peter Pan collar era of fashion and music, like that lighthearted indie. Listen, I wasn't not into that, but I was much more into what tiktok also not just tiktok vogue just came out with an article called 2014 tumblr girl is back and this is the headspace that i've been in going through my music and my playlist and of course this is the era of the black keys the arctic monkeys the kooks 21 pilots you got it so i am choosing seminal album from this era badlands by halsey and i am choosing control um, and in my movie, I think it is our final girl. You know what? She is a 2014 Tumblr girl. So do with that what you will. That is my choice for final girl song this week. So thank you so much for listening. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, also on TikTok at Books in the Freezer. You can send us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. If you would like to support the podcast, there are a few ways to do that. One of them is on Patreon. Um, you can support us monthly. There is a one, a three, and a five dollar level with different kinds of perks at each level. Also now you can pay annually and I think you get like a 10 or a 15% discount if you do that. Just pay like one-time support for the whole year. Uh, So check that out if you're interested. Another way to support the show is to use the Amazon link that is in the show notes. You would just do your normal shopping on Amazon like you would do, but you would use our link to take you to Amazon first. And a small percentage of your purchase goes to help the show. And of course, there are ways to support the show without spending any money. One of them is to leave a review on a site like Apple Podcasts or to just honestly share about the show on social media or tell a friend about it. You know, word of mouth is huge for small indie podcasts like this one. So thank you to all of you who take the time to do that. It really does mean a lot. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Lady underscore Ganya and on Instagram at That's What She Read and That's That's With two A's. So thank you so much for listening. I'm very excited to see what 2022 brings us. So again, thank you for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer. (laughs) 